The taste of home. That word home is kind of an interesting word because it means such a wide range of things to people. You know, um, to some, home is this respite from a tumultuous and violent world, while others, you know, the thought of home brings just the opposite. It brings anguish, and it brings fear, and it brings all these things. But one thing is true. Everyone wants to have their own home. Everyone wants to have their own home. And so let's pray, and uh, then we'll kind of get into this teaching here this morning. Father God, we thank you for this morning. And Lord, I believe that you will speak through me and say the words exactly that these hearts need to hear and be able to respond to. I thank you, Father God, for allowing us to come together and uh, giving me a word to speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And so there seems to be this unspoken mantra in the soul of mankind of Jimmy in my own space. Let me be free to roam. Let me, you know, give me my own things that I need to do. Give me my own places that I want to go. And, you know, really it's what caused the, the first explorers to, to branch out, you know, to continue to go further and look beyond and, you know, do some things like that. And, you know, and it's what causes the visionaries of today to say we can populate new worlds. We don't have to just stay on the planet Earth. We can go out into the space, you know, and, uh, you know, see these wonderful things that this universe has to offer. And, you know, really, you should at some point in your life um, be able to leave the comforts of your mother and father and branch out or forge your way out into the world. You know, stand on your own two feet and look over things that you've accomplished and be like, yeah, I did that. I accomplished that. You know, you should be able to, you know, leave and go and do these things. Now, will it be easy? <laughs> Heck no. It will not be easy, but it will be worth it. It will be worth it. And so if you're out there today and this is the first time that you've ever heard that um, life is not going to be easy, I'm sorry that I burst your bubble, but it's the truth anyhow, right? I mean, you know, life will have some ups and downs and some things like that. And so, you know, we have to prepare ourselves. And so because it's hard, that doesn't mean that we don't do it. The trick is when do we do it? When do we do it? And how do we do it? In our text today, we have a young man who is in the prime of his life, and he makes a grave miscalculation, right? In Luke 15, verse 12, the younger one says to the father, Father, give me my share of the estate. That, we know, is a grave miscalculation. How many parents do I have out here? Go ahead and lift up your hand. Parents, grandparents, yeah, just about all of us. Could this question ever be asked in an appropriate way? Give me my share of the money now. I mean, basically, this son is saying, you know what? I can't wait until you die. Give me my inheritance now. Right? Give me my inheritance right now. It's, so, it's really funny. Uh, you know, when the, you know, they had that $1.6 billion lottery, 
And so, uh, you know, had this conversation with my daughter about, you know, well, what would you do if you won? And, you know, of course, I said I would never tell her. And uh, she was kind of upset by that. But then we went on, and she's like, I said, well, I would set some money aside for you. She goes, oh, that'd be awesome. I said, yeah, but you won't be able to touch it until you're 40. Her response, I don't even want it then. Well, I mean, come on, you know. And so that's what this guy is saying in this story. He's saying, if I got to wait until I'm 40 to get my inheritance, then forget about it. I don't even want the money. I want my money right now. And that's really our society that we live in, right? We want it right now. And if we can't have it right now, then we don't even want it. It's not even worth it. That's why, you know, fast food restaurants are blowing up and, you know, all over the place. Because people want their food fast. They want it now. They don't want to have to go and cook and do all these things, you know. They want it right now. And so we've lost some things because of that. You know, we've lost quality. We've lost, uh, you know, integrity of our food. Uh, all kinds of things we've lost because of this rush to get things done. I know uh, when I was younger, um, I gave my mom some difficulties. We'll just say it that way. I gave my mom some difficulties. And I was going to school. Um, I was uh, a fairly accomplished uh, trumpet player. That's actually my main instrument. And so I had some opportunities to play the trumpet. I had done some, some things with um, Disney, and I had done some you know, um, private lessons and things like that. And so it looked like I was on this path to uh, play music. And so my mother, being the wonderful mother that she is, she began to set aside money so that when I moved out, she would be able to get me a place of my own and, you know, help me get that head start and things like that. And so um, I went uh, looked at some colleges and, you know, had kind of a plan for my life. And then I was like, you know what? I don't care. And so I'm just going to, you know, I graduated high school and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to go and pursue. I'm just going to go to this local college and you know, maybe I'll get, you know, some classes taken care of. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll work. Nah, nah, nah. And so I just, you know, those of you who are parents of older kids, you know that your kids just sometimes make the worst possible decisions. And so my mother said, well, I set this money aside for you to use. If you're not going to use it, I'm going to use it. And so my mom went out and bought a BMW. And so the money that she had set aside for me to use to, uh, you know, she was going to buy me a condo. She had told me the whole plan. I'm going to buy you a condo. You know, you'll have your own place to live. Once you're done with college, you can keep that condo, rent it out, do all these things. And so I was squandering my life. And so she's like, you know what? Squander away. I'm not going to suffer because of your bad decisions. And so, uh, you know, she went out and did that. And so, once again, there comes this time in everyone's life when um, it's time to leave home. But how we venture out into the world is where I want to spend most of my time today. Um, Proverbs 14, verse 12 says, There is a way that appears right, um, but in the end leads to destruction. There is a way that appears right, but in the end it leads to um, death. Um, destruction is the New King James Version. That's how I have it memorized in my mind. And so the first way that we leave home is with your idea. Your idea is the first way that you can leave home. Now, your idea is just a really nice way of saying a bad idea. 
you know, <laughs> your idea is just a really nice way of saying it's a really bad idea. Why? Why do I say that? Because your idea is usually one of two things. Either A, you come up with something and it is genius, and it is so genius, you're going to implement this plan without telling anyone else. Mm-hmm. Bad idea, right? Bad idea. Idea number two, uh, that's a bad idea when it's just our idea, is that, you know, we launch out and we tell multiple people. We tell everyone who will listen, hey, here's my plan, here's my plan, here's my plan, here's my plan. And everyone you tell it, they say, bad idea, bad idea, bad idea, bad idea, bad idea. Your idea of how you're going to live your life is typically going to be a bad idea. You know, it's really interesting. I was praying and I was studying this sermon and it was like, okay, God, um, you know, what are some illustrations personally from my life where, you know, I tried to do something that was my idea and it turned out bad? You know, God, just give me a really great illustration of this. And so then I had to say, okay, God, I didn't need 150,000 illustrations of where I made wrong decisions. I just needed one good one. You know, it's funny, the Bible says that God sits in the heavens and laughs. You know, this is probably one of the times when he's like, ah, you know, he asked me for one bad decision that he made. And, you know, the, the book was opened and all these things are going to come out. And so, you know, there are people who, and we know this from our own lives, that, you know, have to learn some things the hard way. That's tough. Because when you've learned the hard way, you say, wow, if I had just listened, I didn't have to learn the hard way. Or you see someone else and you're trying to help them, and you're like, man, if they would just listen to me, they don't have to learn the hard way. The hard way is never necessary. I'll say that again. The hard way is never necessary. We choose the hard way because we want to choose our own way instead of listening to wise counsel, instead of listening to advice. And so, you know, we just have to learn things the hard way. You know, thank God for his grace. Amen. He gives us a second chance. He gives us a third chance. He gives us a fourth chance. He gives us the 459th chance. You know, God is a God who will be there for us and make sure that we stay on the right track if we'll allow him to. Proverbs 12, verse 15 says, uh, The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. And so that, of course, leads me into my second way that we can leave home, and that is with a good idea. All right, so we had your idea. Now maybe we have a good idea. Now what's the difference between a good idea? A good idea is one that you can tell trusted advisors about. Maybe you don't tell everyone. But you've got a few trusted advisors that you can talk to. And while they may give you options and opinions on how it can be better, overall, they're going to say, you're on the right track. Uh, there was a minister, um, T.L. Osborne is who I remember saying it, but he said, um, anyone who is to build a successful life must lay the right foundation in his youth. Instead of it being a time at, um, devoid of responsibility, it is a time when the most serious thinking and planning should be done. Anyone who is to build a successful life must lay the right foundation in their youth. Um, instead of it being a time free from responsibility, 
it is a time when the most serious thinking and planning should be done. And so that, that's what, you know, that's what I'm talking about here today. You know, some serious thinking, some serious planning about the things that you're getting involved in, about the things that you're going towards, about the things that maybe you're helping someone get through. Serious thinking and planning so that they can come up with, you know, at least a good idea, at least not just their own rogue, you know, hey, I'm going to go start a rock band, you know. Have you ever played the guitar before? Well, no, but we're going to start a band. You know, or, you know, I've got this great idea for an invention. Okay, uh, have you taken any engineering classes? Well, no, but, you know, I'm going to do this. <laughs> yeah, I'll just watch YouTube and um, I'll be a genius, right, you know. And, and so there, there's, this, there's this mentality in our world today that because information is available, that we know how to do everything, and that is not the truth. That's not the case. You know, I, I, I bought this house um, <laughs> that was a foreclosure, got a great deal on it, but I'm a computer guy. And so pretty much I had never swung a hammer before I bought this house. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, that was my idea. And so, you know, I have this, you know, this house, and this guy comes by, and he teaches me how to hang drywall. And so those of you who have done this, you know, maybe for a living or done it before, you know there is a way that, you know, you can hang drywall. So I'm hanging in my daughter's room, and I'm, you know, I'm cutting my drywall. I try to put it in place. No, that's not right. Shave off. Eighth of an inch. Put it up there. No, you know. And I'm doing all this stuff trying to get my drywall hung. And it took me like a week to hang my daughter's room. And so then I'm hanging my uh, son's room, and this guy who was showing me how to do it, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be here at least all day, you know, maybe tomorrow trying to get this drywall hung in my son's room. And he goes, what? What are you talking about? I go, yeah, you know, there's no, he goes, okay, here, let me see. Bam, 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 bam. And I mean, the whole room was done in 15 minutes. And I'm like, what in the world is the difference between someone who knows how to do it and someone who doesn't. So then I had some other, some other pieces to hang. And I, I tell you this, the last piece I hung, I, I go to hang and I go, oh. Light bulb comes on, right? Because just because you watch a video on how to do something or just because, you know, you've seen someone else do something, until you get out there and do it yourself, it just doesn't really click, right? It doesn't really fall in place. And so, you know, you listen to advice and, you know, someone, you know, people told me, hey, Morvin, that may be too big of a project for you to take on, and, but it was my idea. And so, you know, sometimes you need to listen, right? Sometimes you need to listen and understand that you don't know everything. And then the third way um, that we can leave home, of course, um, or go out on our own is a God idea. A God idea. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a future and to give you a hope. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. He has specific tasks that he wants you to accomplish with your days here on the earth. And so whether you are eight or 108, God has something that he wants you to do 
God has something that he wants you to accomplish. God has people he wants you to meet. God has situations that he wants you to be in. God maybe even has floors that he wants you to sleep, sweep. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. And so um, there are ministers, you know, ministries for you to volunteer in. There are businesses for you to start. There are ideas for you to birth. There are things that God has for you to do. You know, the worst thing that I hear are two things. These are things that I, you know, really just irk me and they hit me the wrong way. Number one is when people say, well, I'm too young to do this. And so, um, again, my oldest daughter, um, she had, um, has this cupcake business. And uh, when they were getting started, they were like, ah, we can't start a business. We're too young. I'm like, oh, contraire, mon frere, as we say. That's my extent of my French, which isn't French at all. And so, um, you know, I said, oh, no. And so she was, uh, what, uh, 12? 12? Is that right, Joe? 12? Good job. And so she's 12 years old, and um, her and her friends start this cupcake business. And really, you know, again, those of you who have kids, my daughter comes up to me and says, I want to start a cupcake business. And what do you think my first response was? Yeah, okay, whatever. You know, because you know it's going to be like two days, you know, and you've spent $150 on baking ingredients, and then this thing is gone. And so I didn't even, I, was just, I, I blew it off. I didn't even think about it. Then she was trying to get some shoes um, with her birthday money, some $80 shoes. I'm like, yeah, you're 12. You don't need $80 shoes. But, you know, that's me. And so um, she goes, I go, well, you got some birthday money. You pay half. I'll pay half. You can get your shoes. Well, I was saving my money to start my business. Oh, well, this is what we'll do now then. I said, I will give you $0 for your shoes. I will give you 100% of the money to start your business. And so they, you know, got their business license. I paid for them to get their first set of ingredients. And then I said, go. And they took off. And by, they started in like October, November time frame. By February, they had made 2,000 cupcakes. And it was just, I mean, this business is just growing out of control. It was growing so fast that I was like, okay, so you guys cannot bake every day because you still play soccer, you've got homework, you got, but the orders were coming out of the woodwork. People wanted these cupcakes because they're, I mean, I'm not a sweets person, but these things are delish, right? Wonderful. And so, I mean, it, the business was just growing because we got over this stigma of I'm too young to do it, right? Then number two thing I hate is people who say, well, I'm too old, my time has passed. No, no. You're not too old, you're not too young. The same thing, you can find something that God has for you that you can get involved in. There is a specific plan that he wants to initiate in your life right now. Everyone point to yourself and say, God has a specific plan for me, right now. Right now, he has a specific plan for you. He has something specific that he wants you to do. And so, you know, our lost son from this text thought that he had an idea for his life. 
He thought that he had something that he was going to do, and he was going to be a self-made man. I'm going to venture out on my own. I'm going to get some things done, and, you know, I'm going to show them that I can do it my way. You know, I'm going to sing Frank Sinatra all the way to the bank. <laughs> but um, that's not the case, is it? That's not the case ever. Uh, you know, we need some people to help us with our lives. We need people involved in our lives. And so, really, my favorite verse of this whole story is in Luke 15, 17. I like it out of the Basic English Bible. It's our Bible in Basic English. It says, but when he came to his senses. When he came to his senses. That's a powerful point in your life. Man, there is striving, there is fighting, there is struggling, there's all these things, but then someday you come to your senses and it's like, why did I make things so difficult? Why did I make things so hard? And so, you know, uh, those of us who mentor People, whether it's our own kids, whether it's a grandkid, whether it's a nephew, a niece, or just someone who's around you, who's, you know, in your life. Maybe it's a peer that you're mentoring at work. You may see them struggling through things. You may see them struggling trying to get things done. And you have to just wait. I'm working with this young man. Um, and I told him, I said, you know, I'm involved in your life for one of two reasons. The reason I am involved in your life is to watch one of two things happen. I'm gonna watch you be a huge success or I'm gonna watch you be a catastrophic failure. It's your choice, you know? You wanna be a huge success? Here are some things that we can put in your life that are gonna help you lead you, help lead you down that path. If you want to be a huge failure, the only thing you have to do is nothing. And that'll happen. That'll happen. It's very easy. And so when he came to his senses, he went home. Home. That place of safety. That place where everything in your life can be restored. You know, that's why we often say when people come to church, welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome to this place to where no matter what the world has been to you outside these walls, no matter what you've encountered out in the world, out in your life, out in the situations that you've been in, no matter what, welcome home. This is the place where you can come and have all those things restored. This is the place where you can come and have your life shifted into what God has for your life instead of just what you had for your life. This is the place where you can come and have life pumped into you where you felt like everything was drained away. This is the place where you can come and rest when you've been weary. This is the place where you can come and receive healing when you've been broken. This is the place that you can come and receive insight when you've been confused. This is the place you can come when you can receive peace when you've just been distressed. This is the place you can come. 
this home, this house. That's why we say welcome home to people. That's why we keep those doors open. And we try to fill these seats with as many souls as possible. Not just so we can say we have a full building, but we know that there are broken, hurting people outside these walls. And we are a family for those people. We are a family for broken-hearted people everywhere. We just got to get them here and let them feel the love. Let them feel the peace. Let them feel the joy. And they'll, they'll find it on their own. Amen? If you're out here today and you say, you know what? Man, I've never made that decision. We're going to pray in a little bit. Eli's going to come out and pray with you. Man, I encourage you to take advantage of that opportunity to know God in a real way. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this morning and for this word. I believe hearts were touched. I believe people were changed. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Whew. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Are you ready to come to your senses? Following the example of that son, because you know what? I know this. There is nothing like the holidays to remind us of our failures, of the relationships in our lives that we wish were better. You know what I'm talking about. It brings it right up in front of us. We're going to see those people. We're going to go to those places that we've been avoiding. And you can let that take you back, hold you back. You can live in that place of hurt and harm through the whole season. Or you can come to your senses and go home. And go home where your father's arms are open waiting for you. And just like that son, he was so afraid, I'm going to go home. And best case scenario, they let me be a servant. And how wrong was he? He was so wrong. He was so wrong. They threw a party. The father celebrated. Your father is waiting to celebrate. Are you ready to come to your senses? Prayer team, would you come forward? Prayer team, would you come forward? Church, we have this prayer team that's a part of our church, and they want to stand with you today. And as they come forward, would you all stand up with me as we end our service together? Have you been living according to your idea, and are you finally ready to follow God's idea for your life? Are you ready to come to your senses? I pray that that is the case today. And church, we are going to pray together now. And if you are in here and you are ready to come home to the open arms of a father that is waiting to celebrate and welcome you home, I want you to come up here at the end of our service and receive prayer directly from these folks who want to pray with you, want to come alongside of you and help you make that first step. Church, let's, let's pray together. God, we thank you so much. First, for your word, which leaves these stories in our lives to lead us, this light to our path, Lord, in a world that can seem so dark, you have left us with a way. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who has made that way back to you, Lord. When sin would prevent us, 
he made a way and we can get back home to you. And God, we thank you that you are waiting there with open arms when we finally come to our senses. You're waiting there to celebrate with us, God, and to welcome us home. So, Lord, I pray over the hearts in this room today. Sometime, God, we need that nudge from you, so I'm praying for a nudge. I'm praying for a shove. Lord, if there is a heart in this room that is waiting for that shove from you to finally say, enough, I'm done, I'm going home. My father is waiting for me, I'm going back had enough of my way and I'm ready for his way so God if that person is here today we pray that right at the end of this prayer they would take that bold step and we stand with them they would take that bold step forward receive that prayer Lord and begin to come home to you Father thank you Lord thank you for that God be with us this week Lord thank you for all that you have brought to us today Father we ask all this in your name, the precious name of your son, Jesus. Amen.